it's time for the June 24th, 2011 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A free-form mash of current events broadcasting from the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM on the summary campus of the University of California at Irvine. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Muller is barking because he's happy. Hmm. He's a happy boy. Muller and my... Uh, yeah, that's right, Muller. That's right. Muller and my good friend Rick Converse. Uh, got together. Oh, Mahler recently. Rick Converse. Yeah, yeah. this okay. is you know, a few months ago before Rick left on his epic journey. Mm-hmm. He's traveling the U.S., mm. updating three influential books that Steinbeck's Travels with Charlie, right, and Stud Turkle's Hard Times and Working. And there were those books, of course, they've reflected on the changes in America since Steinbeck's journey, right, and capturing people's experiences right. during our uh, economic downturn. But he, but Rick's updating that. He's traveling around the country mm-hmm. and uh, trying to figure out relationships of people working or, or not working, mm-hmm. as is his case. And Yeah. He's traveling 48 states in about 50 weeks, 48, 40. He's trying to do 48 and 48, but, you know, that doesn't always work out when you're traveling to 48 states. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. And he plans to return just before Christmas of 2011. He has his dog with him, which is, I think, why Mahler is so excited. Misha. I think Misha and Mahler had a little thing going. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I saw them together. It was, it was kind, of, kind of embarrassing. Right? Yeah. And I think Misha's taking the pictures and recording interviews. Rick is just along for the ride. Maybe or maybe not. I don't know. But I know that Rick's writing the book. And that's where you come in, Mike. Uh-oh. Yes. You can help finance this worthy uh, project at Kickstarter. Dot com. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. You've heard about oh, Kickstarter. I like yeah. it. I've contributed to Kickstarter. Well, there you go. Yes, go I to have. kickstarter.com and uh, it's under uh, something called what he's named Cohalen's Journey. Cohalen's Journey. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. That's C O H A L E N apostrophe S Journey as in the reviled rock band. Cohalen's Journey. Rick, maybe you can follow him also on his Facebook page, Rick Converse. R I K, in case you're wondering. Mm uh-huh. Or at uh, the Cohalen's uh, Cohalen Journey blogspot. Okay. It's easy enough. Yeah. You put in Cohalen's Journey in Google. If you Google that, you got it all. And right now, uh, you've probably left by this morning, but Rick was in uh, Oklahoma City yesterday visiting the uh, Timothy McVeigh uh, Memorial. Oh, wow. Not memorial, but you know you what know, I'm saying. Yeah. Here. There's wow. no disrespect to anybody no, there. No, no disrespect. But that's to when people say Oklahoma City, they immediately think, Timothy McVeigh. At least I do. I yeah. Unless I mean, I like to think jazz. I used to think jazz. Or or unless it's it happens to be um, NBA playoffs. NBA you, playoffs. Now, oh, you're a Thunder fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're you're my team. Big, yeah. Now, I've I've abandoned the Lakers. My lo- my really? lo- my lifelong. Yeah, I have. I, I don't believe that. Yeah. But the, I just thought I'd yeah. kick it off. Yeah, People are interested in Rick's journey. They go there. That's the news. That, and no, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for tuning you. in to, to Weekly Signals here on KUCI. You know. Workers at Japan's crippled Fukushima nuclear plant. You've heard of that place, right? I know of it. Yeah. They, that was the one that didn't hold up to the shaking. 
Remember that big earthquake in I Japan? Do, all I do. Those, I'm not ignoring all those you. Many just, hours ago. Yes, I remember it. That's where uh, Fukushima's were 110,000. That's one one zero thousand of radioact- radioactive water have collected since the earthquake. I know. It's amazing. That's since the earthquake. I know. And tsunami in March. Uh, the workers there were forced to suspend a new filtration scheme after a cesium. Is cesium? C- uh, cesium. Cesium, yeah. Cesium. Looks like cesium. Well, it could like be, but it is. I'll but say cesium. Yeah. Cesium absorber. I got those on my car. A cesium absorber that was expected to last a month wore out in five hours. So they put this new... Can you oh, imagine... Oh, wait, I remember. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Can you imagine no. going into the no. you know, a, a Toyota dealership or something like that and asking for a replacement brake part, and then it's yeah. in a week it's gone? Well, yeah, by the time yeah. you get home, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. That's in, pretty in much relation. what happened there. Addressing fears that Japan's seasonal rains could cause some of the contaminated water to spill into the Pacific, a spokesman for Tokyo Electric Power Company said the utility would... And I love the way he begins a sentence. Probably, probably be able to solve the problem before the holding facility was overwhelmed. Just... Now that we, so what we have there is 110,000 tons of radioactive water yeah. that are on the verge of spilling into the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. I, it, you know, the stuff about... I, it really has kind of dropped off the radar, but the stuff about the Japanese Fukushima plant is really scary. I mean, genuinely frightening stuff. Uh, does not getting a lot of coverage right now, and I, I don't want to go into some kind of conspiracy theory, but it does seem like uh, you know, it would be of some interest since we have, uh-huh. uh, oh, I think 135 nuclear power plants in the United States, 150, somewhere around 150. Mm-hmm. We, we have what we should be looking at and examining further. For our own well-being. Yeah. And yet, I, I'm sure, though, that... Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I mean, uh, the nuclear power industry is looking into this. They're probably looking into uh, the future, well, not they, into what actually exists. Yeah. They, 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 this is the defense that I heard a woman um, just yesterday defending nuclear power by oh. saying, look at what hasn't happened. Yeah. That's their defense. Mm-hmm. See? We haven't had anything happen in... Well, since Three Mile Island. Isn't that what Hitler said right before he committed suicide? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, Eva it, was snuggling up to him, and she said, you know, Adolf, we brought a lot of pain into this world. And he said, look what hasn't happened. Look what hasn't happened. Yeah. No, no that is, and that's exactly, that's their defense. That mm-hmm. was their def- they, if they build all the plants that they're talking about in the next, I think it's a 30-year plan to build, to essentially double the amount of uh, uh, nuclear power plants in the United States. Um, so when you start factoring in how many that would be and running hours and probabilities of something happening, uh, they were, there was a, an actuary who, who, did the, who did the math and said, we're talking about if you get to that level of, of, uh, of nuclear power running uh, around the country, uh, you're talking about a, a possibility, and that's, again, it's a possibility, of a Chernobyl like every three years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean statistically. That'll, that'll keep the cable news channels it, it, it's busy. Sort of, the, you know, you start factoring in all the running hours and, the, the, oh. and you know, the more there are, the more, the more likely something bad could happen. It, it, was, it was really kind of staggering. And you're thinking to yourself, well, we're not going to. I mean, I think 
We're not going to what? We're not going to go forward with it. These plant, they can't get one of these built because they what, can't. Do you have an inside line on this? Well, I just don't see how uh, you, c- you can. You didn't see how George Bush could be elected. Well, that's true. Well, yeah. and, and actually, I think it was proven to be true. He actually was not elected either time. But putting that aside. Well, technically, he was elected. Technically, he was he elected. He didn't receive the most votes, uh, yes. but he was elected. And, and you're right. Technically, I didn't think he could get close to winning a re-election. Uh-huh. So I, I, you're right on that. But... Uh, I, you cannot build in enough safety systems to ensure that nothing will happen. They're just the regulatory. Fortunately, the regulatory uh, barriers now that that these plants are facing is so daunting, and the, the chances of them being over budget and all the rest. Of it, I just don't see us doing it anymore. I just I can't see it now. The problem with what I just said is the federal government, the the, the industry wants the federal government to ensure against an accident over a certain amount of money. So they're only on the hook for $100 million, let's say, yeah. of, in case of a nuclear accident at one of these plants. We're on the hook for the rest of it. The taxpayers. The taxpayers. That's yeah. what they, they want to see. And in Japan, they're talking now. I know it's close to a trillion dollars before they can clean. They're, they're expecting to clean up what happened uh-huh. at, at Fukushima. So I think that's a low estimate. I do, too. Yeah. Over I mean, When you calculate that no one will the be The expenses able, is the what expenses. I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe there's some sort of cleanup. Well, but, you, yeah. Just, but I, I don't think the expenses are going to be under a trillion dollars over the next 20 years from the fallout of what's happened. 20, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. 100 really. years. Yeah. 100 years. Say what you, yeah, wherever. And this stuff's radioactive for a quarter of a million years, so. In China... Were the worst floods in half a century, displaced millions of people in the south and east of the country. And the worst droughts, they have, they have floods, they have droughts. Yeah. Worst droughts in half a century continued to plague some northern regions. Officials in charge of the controversial Three Gorges Dam mm-hmm. released a report calling the structure hugely beneficial in controlling fr- floods and preventing <laughs> droughts. Of course they did. Yeah. Comrade, don't worry. It's it's you. You can't believe the benefit. I, I'm not what even, floods? What floods? What droughts? Exactly. <laughs> you are the beneficiaries of great amounts of water, and yet you complain. Why? Yeah, look Why? what didn't happen. Look at what didn't happen. By the way, I'm speaking of nuclear power. I knew there. Were, I was trying to find this, and I um uh, one story late. Uh, the Associated Press has. Uh, has another major expose on nuclear power plants. This news agency is talking about radioactive trinium hmm. that has leaked from 48 of the 65 commercial nuclear sites in the United States, often into groundwater from corroded buried pipes. The leaks are from at least 37 of the facilities contained concentrations exceeding federal drinking water standards, sometimes hundreds of times the limit. Are we drinking any over here? You know, I don't in, know. In I, Southern California? I don't, you know, I have no idea. Would San Onofre contaminate our groundwater? Is that possible? Probably not. Probably not. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either, but th- this is 48 out of 65 commercial nuclear power sites found uh, that they were leaking into the groundwater. Hmm. Yeah. And that's bad stuff. That trinium, by the way, that's not a food supplement. That is something that uh-huh. you do not want anywhere near you. So... How do you know? Well, it could be. It could be. So we'll I find mean, does it. it. What does it do? Do you know anything? Do you What's have any of the background of well, that? I, I'll do a Google search for you. But okay, it's no. trinium. It's selenium. Trinium. It's, it doesn't sound good. 
It's not. It doesn't sound good. Yeah, <laughs> that's either. not exactly a great answer. No, I will. I will do the research and I will get exactly back to you. Not exactly a great answer, is but it? it's radioactive. I know that. He's okay, I know it's radioactive. A I don't huge understatement. I don't think that it will grow hair where none exist, or that's or what I was make, hoping. Or make, I, you know, make any really of your organs bigger or smart or smarter. So I don't. Uh, I was hoping for the smarter part. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh-huh. Yeah. It won't do that. I'm got, I've got a bunch. I've got a few stories here, and we'll get to them. Are you radioactive Please. stories? No, I've got some turning that smile upside down stories. Okay, let's go for well, it. Well, I'm go ahead. I'm you ready. Can continue. Come on. What do you think, Mahler? Yeah, yeah. He want he wants you to go ahead, right, Mahler? Yeah, get, yeah, get, yeah. Okay. Give me a second. Give me those. I want to turn my smile into a frown. Yeah, you, what you said it? you had them. I do have them. But go ahead. I'm waiting for Dude, you. I am transfixed by what Black you're going to say. Black smoke hung yeah. over Vancouver after riots followed the Canucks. You know the Canucks. I know Vancouver the, Canucks. Yeah. What kind of name is that anyway? Well, What's a Canuck? Does I anybody know what a I Canuck is? I think it's slang for Canadian. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll look I do that too, up. but, you know. I, I think it's a slang term. Canuck. Like, you Canuck. Yeah. Uh, they good. lost to the Boston Bruins in the seventh game of the Stanley Cup Finals, which yeah. is always a painful experience. And as, as you know... Um, Usually when sports fans lose or win a, a championship game, they really, burn the town down. Yeah. <laughs> this is doesn't really matter. what you do. This isn't what the Canucks are about, said a dejected Vancouverite. Well, i got to admit, I was a bit surprised. Yeah. I mean, you would if, think the Canadians would have it together a yeah, little bit more. Vancouver, too, of all yeah. places. Isn't that like hippie-dumb? I mean, hippieville there, and yeah. it's very yeah, mellow, it's, laid yeah, back. It's a little and, bit quaint. Quaint. Yeah. yeah, I'm really surprised I, to, to have heard that, but... Uh, they said uh, they were seriously disappointed because it makes her feel, at least this one uh, dejected Vancouver right, it makes her feel the insecurity I read about in other places of the world. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, like, what were we talking about? We're looking at ULA. Although that only happened like once, really, where, where there was a riot, right? Wasn't that do, you back? Mean, do you mean the games? Well, after the Lakers won that championship. Yeah, you know, and really what it is is just, it's, it's not necessarily the fans. It's those people... Yeah. Who, who have so much pent up emotion and energy, and they want to discharge this. They see an opportunity yeah. to do that. Exactly. So they go down and stand in front of this place, which really doesn't mean anything to them. I don't think, yeah. except they can scream the name of of something they believe they believe in. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I just don't see where go Lakers and then overturning cars and lighting them on fire is just. It doesn't seem to go. Don't see the connection. Yeah. There was one really interesting photo uh, AP had out of that riot, and there was uh, in it was a man holding his little digital video recorder with a big smile on his face, and behind him there are cars burning. He's in the middle of all this chaos, yeah. and he's capturing the video footage, and somehow this made him very happy, and and that concerned me. I you think it's an attraction to shiny things that people like they like huh. watching fire and it goes is well, there something they have about, such pathetic little yeah, lives yeah. i believe that there's no real value yeah. unless something somebody is screaming at them or they're jumping off a building or doing something yeah. extreme yeah and they he felt like he was in an extreme place and somehow his life was filled with meaning uh, i well, guess uh, yeah yeah because I can't imagine. <laughs> no, I've never in my life thought, "Wow, I'll I'll tear something down. I'll I'll hit somebody in the side of the head because I'm so happy yeah. that my sports team won a game." Uh-huh. I, I've never, I've really never, it's never crossed my mind. Um, but uh, I, 
Yeah. Okay. There's something here's, wrong with you, Mike. Yeah, here's one. Uh-huh. Here's one of my stories I was talking about. Turn your smile upside I'm down. I'm going to turn that smile upside down. Mm-hmm. Here we go. On Wednesday, that would be Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Yeah. She was down in Central America. She was talking about the United States increasing its funding for regional drug war efforts. Oh. We're going to give $40 million uh-huh. to a bunch of drug lords down in Central America. Yeah, that's the way that financing that's usually just, works. It's exactly the way it goes. Yeah, we that's, give money to the government. Yeah. They give money to the drug lords. Yeah, and we yeah. say it's an it's an anti-drug war uh-huh. mon- funding. Yes. You know, part of the money goes toward you know, doing something harmful to the citizens. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> that doesn't count. No, she, yeah, no, no, it, it does. It never does. This is why this is so pathetic and horrible. And we're still, I can't believe we're even still talking about funding anti-drug war policies in Central America or South America. Yeah, it, it's been demonstrably a disaster on every single level. But here we go. Well, to follow the money kind of thing, I believe. It, I, to me, you, you, this is not about drugs. This is about paying off people that we want to support us. Yeah. It has nothing to do with stopping the drug trade. In fact, it makes it worse. But Clinton called on Central American countries uh-huh. to ensure wealthy citizens are paying their share of taxes. So there's a okay. little subtext here. Called you, a because the governments are not being supported by their tax base. Yeah. And they're always, that makes them unstable. And this is about stability. It has nothing to do with drugs. So, uh, but there you go, $40 million, which is not a lot of money by our standards, but in a country that has no money, and the only way that they support You're the talking money. about our country, well, I'm talking in a country that has no money. Well, maybe that's true, too. Yeah. But Why for, would we be giving them money to stop something that isn't doing us any good to stop? What makes it even more egregious is this really is about militarizing the, the so-called war on drugs. It makes it even more so. And when I say that, we, the, the money well, gets... the drug lords get the money... The, well, they end up buying guns, yeah. and, then, and then the government has to go out and hire more army guys yeah. to fight the guys who have the guns. Army guys, is that what they're called? They're called army guys, wow. yeah. So it is perpetuating a cycle of violence. General Petraeus, what do we do now? Yeah. Send in more army guys. We'll send more army guys. Uh, and, and I like standing in the army guys that have the bayonets, or the guys who are laying down on the ground with the rifles. Either one. Those I, are the. I like the army guys in Vietnam that had like roach clips. Oh, those guys. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they wouldn't be probably very good at fighting the drug war. Do you think? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly your exactly. your point. There you go. So there, there's there's one of my one of my stories. It's not like Mike and I want to to see. No. Drug lords. No. Winning some sort of battle. No, not at it's, all. It's that we believe that financing this war actually helps the drugs lords. Exactly. Drug lords. It, it turns it into a battle, and, and they don't have any rules, so they're just going to keep cutting off heads. And the political side of it is it, they really end up killing poor people. They end yeah. up killing. It, it gives the government an excuse to go in and repress the people who actually want to see some sane policy brought into place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has no. Again, I mean, this is—it's just insane. I, I, I'm really—it really upsets me that we continue to perpetuate this myth. Well, I want to see these dr- drug lords put out of business by legalizing all of the drugs that we can lay our hands on in order to put these people out of business. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Tuesdays, right here on KUCI, yeah. at uh, four mm-hmm. in the afternoon, uh-huh. my good friend Reefer Man. Would that be George? Oh, I'm Don't not supposed to say his, his name. Identity. Oh my! I mean, that would be uh, 
Tom. Tom. Yeah. Boy, his name is Reefer Man. Reefer Man. Or Reefer Man, exactly. as he likes to say. Yes, As a show. Yeah. A uh, public affairs show on KCI uh-huh. entitled The Marijuana Tax Act. Yeah. He's probably calling on the phone right now. Oh, my God. He probably is. I, I don't want to talk to that guy. No, I don't either. He's probably laughing. Hang up. At <laughs> Hang, Hang up, George. Don't even bother. Yeah. Gonna... Unless this is an emergency. Yeah. No. We don't want to talk to you. Oh, we could talk to him. No. no. no? Did you just send his name? Tax, I mean, uh, reefer, reefer guy. Reefer mine. Anyway, he, he addresses especially the benefits yeah. of uh, marijuana sales, which should be divided up from the harder drugs. Yeah. And it usually is. The only reason, uh, you know, that, that drug cartels deal in marijuana is marijuana is kind of the cherry on top. Yeah. It's the thing in between that, that hardcore drug users Use. Use, just like basketball players use. Yeah. You know, you, you, you put your body through this mess, yeah. and you need an herb to heal yourself I, I in between. I agree. And so you relax with a little bit of, of hemp yeah. as, as the, uh, the drug users, the yeah. cocaine and heroin users, use to relax after they've had their unfortunate experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so poor little marijuana gets blamed for doing bad things when, in essence, it's probably calming a lot of things down. Yeah. Exactly. I think if the L.A. police... We love you, Reefer Man. By the way, we love you, Reefer Man. And I'm sorry we couldn't get you on the air, but frankly, you got your own show. Mike has a cast on over his uh, answering hand. Yeah, that's true. No, and the other thing is if the Vancouver police had been spraying that crowd with some sort of vapor if they'd have just if they if had been just vapor- offered some yeah. nice brownies yeah before, exa- you know exactly some celebratory well i guess they lost the game so well it'd have been hard to- conciliatory uh, yeah. uh, uh brownies a yeah. whole tray of brownies a whole handed tray, them many out. trays many trays many hand trays. them out and then that you crowd the good good grandmothers of vancouver yeah it's making the- up a batch exactly. of some mighty fine instead of a riot you would have seen a drum circle yeah, that's, that's probably right. that's what would have happened. Yeah. There would have been a giant drum circle, drum circle. At, yeah, uh-huh. in downtown Vancouver yeah. instead of whole scale right. So, <sighs> yeah. Well, so, we solved another yeah. world problem there. Thanks for bringing Hillary into the mix. Yeah. No, you know, she right. could benefit, I think, too, from a little bit of uh, hooch. Yeah. Because she always seems <laughs> a little bit wound up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you, don't you think, you yeah. know, when people always say, what would you, who would you like to meet in your life? Yeah. You know, what would be the number one person? Wouldn't, wouldn't the first thing you want to do is, is, is kind of relax them a little bit? Wouldn't you want to meet somebody yeah. that you could bring some joy into your, into, their life? Instead of like saying, you know, Charlie Sheen or Lindsay Lohan. Right. You'd want to say, get together with uh, Boutros, Boutros Gali or something like I that. Lo- well, just to say his name. Yeah. I think that just, we, I would just completely, I would, that's what I would, uh-huh. the whole conversation would be. Boutros, and, and Boutros. Calm the guy down. And yeah, calm them. Yeah, you want him yeah. to be in a relaxed, you want him to be in a receptive state of mind. Exactly. When you mean, because anyone that's spent any time with me knows that you need to be relaxed around me and you need to be, you need to be, you need. <laughs> what are you, you need, saying, Mike? You that need, I'm sedated? You know, well, I, after all these years, I, 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 yeah, probably, yes. I got another one. Okay, Are you're you? going to turn my smile upside down. Yeah, well, this is another one. That unless you've got to work a, a lot. Unless you, you go okay, ahead. Okay. Uh, North Carolina man who deliberately got himself arrested uh, t- uh, so he could obtain free medical care in jail oh, yeah. has spoken out for the first time. His name was James Verone. He was a laid-off employee. Yeah, apparently, he, yeah, he went to a bank, yeah, right? He, and, he, and he had a little, little. Card or whatever right. that he handed to the teller, and it's only asked for a dollar. He asked for a dollar, and then he said, "Just take your time, 
Yeah. And if you want to, you can arrest me. And he well, went over and sat down said, on a bench yeah. and, and explained himself. He said, you know, I've tried everything. Yeah. I'm in failing health. He found a lump in his chest. Yeah. Couldn't treat it because he didn't have any insurance. There was no thing else to do. So he robbed a bank. Yeah. And now he's getting medical care at the uh, at the uh, penitentiary. Yeah. Exactly right. This is a bank robbery. Please give me one dollar. Uh, so uh, he is. He's got an appointment to see a doctor. I believe it's today. All right. He's starting well, to get treatment him. on whatever it is that's wrong with him. I'd consider that. So I don't if know. If I was that's... in his shoes, I mean, I certainly would consider that. Yeah. In a way, this is a. <laughs> to say this. In a way, it's a happy story that he's mm-hmm. getting medical care. That part yeah. of it's happy. Uh-huh. But it is a turn your smile upside down story in that a guy robbed a bank yeah. in order to get medical care. Mm-hmm. He beat, he gamed the system. Yeah. Now, he's probably going to do a three to five, and he'll get all the medical care he could, he could ever yeah, want. Yeah, he said he's being very quiet in yeah. the prison. He's, he's just going to sit He's not there. making friends. Is a judge going to... But he wasn't making friends anyway. Yeah, is a judge going to throw this case out? Say, well, you really didn't intend to well, rob a bank? Well, they did downgrade it a little bit. He won't be in prison as much because it's not considered a full-out robbery because of the way he went about it. But what he said is, okay, I'm going to get up in front of the judge and said, I guess I'll do it right next time. Because I'm going to go back out and do the same thing if you kick me out of jail. Ask for $10? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know if that, that maybe there's a Well, maybe he was a little, little bit too kind to the teller. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the I don't I don't know the answer yeah, to your no, question. No, but no. it was downgraded from a full-on robbery into something like you know, disturbing the peace. Not that, but no. You know, yeah, I'm sure it was. You know, uh, something like disturbing the peace. Unpleasant. Yeah, my smile hasn't disappeared from my face okay. yet. Okay, all right. So, well, I'm working on it. You yeah. go ahead. You go ahead. You Customs agents have seized 159 pounds of iguana meat at the Mexican border, hidden in coolers of fish. So they had the fish there, and then they put some iguana in there. Nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's nice. Yeah. The, well, the, the coolers full of iguana were worth about $4,500. So it was, you know, it was a money-making deal. They're smuggling iguana meat in. Apparently, it's a delicacy in some part of the world. And speaking of smuggling, Russian agents in the uh, town of uh, Blag- Blagovashek, mm-hmm. Blagovashek, mm-hmm. Are apprehended a China-bound cash or cachet, if you will. Yeah, I think it's cash. I think it's cash as well. And it's by the way, it's fort. It's not forte. I you told me that years uh-huh. ago, and I have now, adhered. Can, now people can say it either way now, but they can also say nuclear. Nuclear. I have I have stuck to your pronunciation, wrong. by the yeah, way. Yeah, but and people, people will always say no. It's forte. forte. They and get they, all upset they, they look at me. They want to. They like want to be French. Yeah. And, and that's not his fort, I'll yeah. say. And, they, and they'll look at me like, like oh, you say meant forte. to say, you meant Then to you have to explain it. And then, you, then yeah. you go back to saying nuclear. And then there's an uncomfortable silence. Yeah. Anyway, they, they, they apprehended a China-bound cache of 1,041 bear paws. Oh, my God. I, I wonder, there's some, somehow in the mix there, one of the paws didn't make it. Five woolly yeah. mammoth tusks. And 143 pounds of elk lips. Oh. Yeah. So we're, we're smuggling in all sorts of good stuff. And in China. Beneath the ice of Russia's White Sea, a diver tamed a pair of beluga whales. Since belugas are thought to dislike artificial materials such as wetsuits and breathing apparatus, the diver entered the freezing water naked oh. using yoga to stay alive. That's pretty incredible. Well, that I is think. incredible. Yeah. I'll give him credit. Some but. guy is training beluga whales naked in the freezing waters oh. in the Russia's White Sea. 
those Russians, they're crazy. He probably downed a couple vodkas before, too, you know? I bet he, I bet he had some brownies before he went in there, too. I don't know about that. Yeah. He might get the chills, you know? He might <laughs> freak out. I think I would. I think I'd I freak out. I think I out. would, too. Yeah. If you put me in... But if you go in that water If you put often, me in 35-degree water... I'm sure that's not his first time. And, and with whales... Yeah. I think I would freak out. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be unannounced. That's, that's not... That wasn't the game plan, yeah, initially. Yeah, if, yeah. if somebody told you, if you spent your life planning on going into a, uh, a sea, a frozen sea of whales uh, under the influence, you might do all right. In Portland, Oregon, 7.8 million gallons of drinking water were discarded after a man relieved himself in a reservoir in the early hours of the morning. 7.8 million gallons of water were dumped. Asked what difference a small amount of urine made, given that city officials routinely find dead animals in the reservoir. Water Bureau Administrator David Schaff replied, This is different. Do you want to drink pee? This guy doesn't think, <laughs> this guy really doesn't sound that intelligent, and I think, I think the Water Bureau ought to uh, yeah. talk to him a bit. I think they need Take to. Take him aside and say. I think so. Yeah. Some well, people do drink pee. I I know. I imagine one. it would be diluted. If someone gave you two cups of water and one was exposed to a dead animal and had a dead animal sitting in it in a tank and the other had someone pee in it and you had to drink one or the other, which one would you drink? I could go with the pee. I would, <laughs> I'd go with the pee. I would go with the pee, but I would hope it was my pee because I do know that it is a practice. You hope it was your pee. Well, yeah. It's not your pee. Oh, well then, that would make it harder for me to... Decide, I understand but, that, but, but I think I would go with the pee every time, unless somebody told me that it was, you know, showed me the person who had peed in it, and it was somebody that looked like a dead animal, <laughs> then, <laughs> then right. I don't think I would go there. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. An Iranian pimp, dubbed 39. Yeah. That was his name. 39. Remember, remember El Winnie Pooh from a couple of weeks ago, the drug cartel leader? Yeah. This is a, a pimp in Iran called 39. And there's just some sort of configuration between the two that i found similar but anyway he's been fingered as a possible cause for a dramatic slump in car sales in afghan really yeah the iranian in question apparently had a flashy car whose number plate contained the number 39 ah, ah okay. this because his nickname of uh, his nickname and subsequently a signifier for pimp in other words now people are saying oh if you have 30 if you have a car with 39 on the license plate they automatically assume you're the pimp the term recently spread to deeply conservative Afghanistan, and buyers are refusing to have anything to do with vehicles bearing the shameful digits. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's a problem since the latest five-number sequence in license plates in Afghanistan it's is 39. Yeah. yeah, so they're having all sorts of problems over there. One guy uh, who just bought his, his car and he was driving around, he said he can't even drive it anymore because... Now even kid, little kids say, look, there goes a pimp. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would think, this is in Afghanistan. Yeah. I would think on a, on a kind of in the spectrum of problems that they have. Yeah, this might not be the top. This might not yeah. be, you know, might not crack the top Which shows you might show you why they have so many problems there, too. They well, just can't get true. over. Over here, we would, people would be going out buying cars so they could have a pimp <laughs> license plate. It's true. You know, that's, I, that's the I, magic of the marketplace. I, I think this is an example. It, it's good to know this is sort of the universality of uh -huh. of people, the universal because we here in America uh -huh. as well 
tend to fixate on things that are of completely no yeah. value, none yeah. whatsoever. And yet they become something that we discuss ad nauseum, like I do. Yeah. And uh, and therefore, and they take up lots of valuable radio time. So yeah. they're, they're, <laughs> it makes it easy for us. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. Do you have another one of those I things? Do. My I smile do. Will turn I do. Yeah, down? I do. Okay. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's not going to make you cry. Oh. Not, no, Marla, it's not going to make us cry. It's not going to make us cry, boy. Don't cry. Oh. But the, uh, the Walmart decision, this, 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 yes, I know, Marla, yeah, it said, Marla, yeah. He was going to work at Walmart. Yeah. Uh, and he would have probably got ahead because, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. No, not now, though. Not now. I guess not. Oh, poor Mahler. He was going to be a Every greet- time you say Ma- Walmart, it's just, oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, he was going to be a greeter. Yeah. But he is kind of intimidating. So, so. What, what about this? Well, there was this U.S. Supreme Court decision this week yeah. which threw out a lawsuit filed by 1.5 million current and, f- and former female uh, employees who claimed that they were oh, yeah. about job discrimination. They were yeah. passed over. And the Supreme they, Court they said, no, sorry. No. Well, they said you can't bring – they really didn't rule on the merits. They ruled on their standing as yeah. a class yeah. and, and did not allow them to go forward with – or didn't – refused to basically they, to hear the merits of the case saying – you're not a class. It doesn't. You don't count as even though seventy percent of the workforce at Walmart is female, and only thirty percent of the management is. Yeah. As, and as you move up the ladder, it becomes less and less of a percentage. So, uh, they they felt they did, and they didn't. And it's an example of our United States Supreme Court protecting corporate interests. These are corporatist. Um, the majority are. Yeah. And I did want to get to, and I don't know, the uh, this whole brouhaha that's starting to royal uh, around the royal. Supreme Court. Yeah, royal. I love that word. Uh, around the Supreme Court regarding Judge Clarence Thomas yeah. and his and his connections to uh, a, a Chicago businessman. That, I, I don't know if you had something to, to say. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, this guy has been giving money to causes that Clarence Thomas wanted money given to, which was a, a museum in uh, in his hometown, uh, as well as other, he gave him a a, a Bible that was uh, that belonged to Frederick Douglass, yeah, uh, and a lot of other things. And this is completely antithetical to the conduct of what the Supreme Court is supposed to be about. In addition to that, he has been this guy, and I forgot his name. This businessman has been funding his wife's. Tea Party uh, organization, as well as her consulting firm, he has given the organization and her a half a million dollars. Hmm. Now, this this is while his while while Thomas is ruling on court cases that have direct bearing because on her because she is a consultant for corporate interests in the political realm through the Tea Party. And given the United decision, the Citizens United, United decision yeah. last year, which had direct bearing on just exactly what she does, and Thomas made no effort at all or never discussed the idea of recusing himself, even though his wife, his family, had a direct interest in the outcome of the case, as well as their their tax filing, in which he forgot to include his wife's uh, income from last year, uh-huh. a half a million dollar income. He just... It slipped his mind that she made a half a million dollars last year, so there's a lot of, a lot of things from this one particular. Well, place. it happens that, yeah. that it came from this one particular businessman. Yeah. So, hopefully, impeachment is in the cards. I doubt it, but I, I, I wish it was in the cards. Why don't he, you start he, it up? He is the worst. Oh, he is the worst Supreme Court justice of my lifetime. Yeah. 
He never asks questions, ever. Mm-hmm. He always goes well, along with Scalia. when you're a judge, why do you oh, need to ask questions? And by the mm-hmm. way, he ruled he was the one dissenting vote on an 8-1 decision yeah. that had direct bearing on his, on his wife's, uh, well, I mean, indirectly, his wife's dealings in, in, in consulting. There yeah. was a decision in which he was the only dissenting. So what you're telling me is you want to get rid of I would. He is. He's awful. Yeah. yeah I, by any standard, Clarence legal Thomas. or otherwise, ethical or legal, he's an awful Supreme Court justice. I don't care. You can argue conservative, liberal. That doesn't matter as much as he's just a terrible judicial um, replicant. Yeah, replicant. There you go. Mm. Well, that's sad. That made that turned my smile into a frown. Did it? Yeah. In Iran, mission accomplished. Authorities deployed seventy thousand morality police. This is in Iran, to patrol the streets of Tehran, cracking down on men wearing necklaces and going after women for wearing loose-fitting headscarves, tightened overcoats, and shortened pants that show skin. So there's seventy thousand morality piece out there. The enforcement of the moral security plan was requested by the nation, and it will be. Continued until people's concerns are properly addressed, said Amazdreza Radan, yeah. the deputy commander of the Iranian police. So there's actually official... Oh, they've had these guys for years, yeah, these yeah. morality police. Do they... <sighs> yeah, Mizara or something Ayatollah like that? Ayatollah Ali Khamenei yeah. appointed the, uh, yeah. the uh, Iran's head of moral police. Yeah. And uh, just for what it's worth, Ahmadinejad yes. said he's against this. He did. Yeah. Wow. That's that's big news, actually, for them. Yeah. Uh, there, it, on the other side of that, yeah. Uh, there's an organized effort on the part of Saudi women. They had a, what they, I guess, yeah. you'd call a drive-in. Many of them got in their got in cars and drove around uh, um, Riyadh. In a yeah. in a in a because they're not supposed to drive. They're not. Women are not supposed to drive uh-huh. at all ever. Well, you know what happens with women drivers. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to tell me. I mean, I know. So that's where I want to live. I, I, Saudi Arabia sounds. Mike, you thought that "goy" was a derogatory term for non-Jew, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. You are wrong, sir. Okay. It actually means genetically modified goat. Oh. Yeah. Genetically. Well, it's not. It's not an oh, acronym. To, yeah, it's not an acronym. Okay. It's just that's okay. what it means. Right. At least I'll explain that later. At okay. least in New Zealand, where scientists are using the term to refer to, refer to a new breed of animal, a girl goat trapped in a boy goat's body, which is kind of like a woman driver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I get that. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kind of riffing here. Now that I've offended half our listeners, <laughs> the goats are described as transgender. And are part of an experiment to see whether they can produce milk similar to that of humans. <laughs> wow. The 15 goats are being raised at a research facility where science have combined girl and boy. That's why it's Oh, I get goy. it. Goy. Uh, um, okay. and, and they have yet to say why that they're doing this. Mm. Okay. They're, they're not, you know, there's yeah. no plans on maybe we're, we have a goat milk shortage. Yeah. And we want more more, you know, the, to nipples yeah. that excrete or or that the lactose. or the world's goat milk cartel uh-huh. is is yeah. trying to squeeze. Yeah, uh, that, the, the, all, the, yeah none of that. All we know is it's, it's, it's just that, scientists gone wild. Okay, is what this is. There you go. Yeah. I got one. 
Okay. I got two. You got and, two. Okay, we've been in. And we have to get going. I know. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, sir. Uh, You're good? The the okay. uh, you know we've been in the, in Iraq. We invaded in two thousand and three. Big deal. We've only been there eight years. Yeah. Lots and lots of people have died. Yeah. Spent lots that's, of money. That's a shorter amount of time than we've been at KUCI. And if you want to talk about you know invading and taking over and corrupting uh, an institution, yeah, as I think we've successfully yeah, we, yeah. mission accomplished. I mean, we we yeah. should not be here. Yeah. No. no um, this uh, just to get to the heart of the matter, and uh-huh. as we should know why we were there, because there were no weapons of mass destruction, all the other stuff turned out to be not true. Yeah, here we go. Two two items. One leads into the other. Okay. Uh, a top Iraqi official is claiming that as much as eighteen point seven billion dollars in money of money of Iraq money was lost by the United States during the first year of occupation. How, how much was that figure? Eighteen point seven billion. Yeah. That that's upsetting. That's upsetting to Molly. Well, it's, it's upsetting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a re, uh, this guy said the Bush administration flew in a total of twenty billion dollars in cash. Remember, we, we yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about this story where they had pallets and pallets of of just nothing but was it hundred dollar bills or thousand yeah, dollar yeah. bills? Pallets, pallets of it. Yeah, they flew it to Iraq twenty billion dollars and it disappeared. <laughs> Almost all of it is unaccounted for, uh-huh. and that's what this Iraqi official is saying: eighteen point seven billion dollars. Yeah. Disappeared, yeah. gone. Nobody right. can account for it. Nobody knows where it is. No, how, okay. So that's one story. One story. Here's the, here's the real reason we went to Iraq, and we here it is. It? Yeah. Wow. Here it is. It's only <laughs> here on weekly signals. It's only four four lines. So. Four words. A group of U.S. drilling companies, uh-huh. including Halliburton, yeah, stand to make tens of billions of dollars in Iraq under a new oil deal. Oh. International oil companies have signed contracts with four largely American oil service companies. We're not even talking about oil companies. Oil service companies to drill for uh, and drill oil for and drill for oil and build wells. The four companies: Halliburton, Baker Hughes, yeah. Weatherford International. And Schlumberger. Schlumberger. So I never heard of those other three. Well, they, they put that one fa- together. Schlumberger. These are service agencies, so I figure what they do is they don't really do anything. They're like a spreadsheet. Yeah. They, they outsource yeah. The, the, the drilling. They outsource yeah. the marketing. Exactly they outsource right. the sales. It's just a bunch of guys with money pooling together to do all this. That's yeah. what you mean. So and these aren't even really gas companies. They're not gas companies. These, these, these are guys who like just friends, do the drilling. Friends of Dick yeah. Cheney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They pull, and Schlumberger. They, and they skim all the way up the, all the ladder. They skim a little here, skim a little there. Is it distant, right? Well, so they're the Schicklegruver family. <laughs> so there you go. That is it. Right there. It's there. An yeah. Iraqi oil deal. So we know now. We know now. Five, you can go six about years, your lives. Eight move years on. later, whatever it is. Move on. Yeah. Time to move on. Yeah. You know now. Get over it. Get over it. As you know, Mike. And finally. And finally. As you know, Mike. Yes. And finally. And finally. When, when you're missing something, when you lose something. Yeah. And as a devout Catholic, Losing. you often turn to St. Anthony of, of Padua. I know this. The patron I, saint of lost objects. Yes, I know. He is the patron <laughs> saint of lost yes. objects. Yes. Well, a 780-year-old relic of the saint was put on display in Long Beach at a church that you're familiar with. Very familiar yeah, with. You, My you, mom and dad met and uh, married and all that stuff there. Uh, right so, there. Yeah. They had a 780-year-old relic of the saint there on display. Yeah. And it was put there to re-inspire parishioners. <laughs> and apparently it, it re-inspired one of the parishioners uh, less than 48 hours after it was put on display, after the Reverend Jose Magana. Yeah. Put it on display, 
The statue vanished. Yes. It's gone. It was, it was lost. Uh, it was lost. <laughs> and it appears now the 8th century old relic of St. Anthony, the patron saint of lost objects. <laughs> has been found. Is lost. Nope. It has been they found? found. Oh, they did. My uh, just to, really to put a personal spin so, on this. So now this my is great. cousin is Your a cousin, Long Beach police. He's friend, the one that took it, and he's <laughs> he's the one that was involved in finding it. Really? Yeah. They found. They call me. The they call me uh, about three nights ago. So that that's kind of a, a strange kind of brew right there. Yeah. The patron saint of, of lost, lost. objects is lost, now and now it's, it's found. found. Yes. And so this does this renew your faith <laughs> in the Catholic Church? Hardly. Especially since your your cousin found it, and my cousin it, found it. it. Well, he was part familia. of the. He was part of the familia. whole plan, a whole big thing there. Oh yeah, yeah, they're oh. a familia. Oh. Ah. Yeah. <laughs>